This is Pastor Chris, and you're about to listen in on a teaching from Apex, our student ministry at BMHA. At Apex, we prioritize biblical teachings with practical applications for the everyday life of a 6th to 12th grade student. Thank you for listening in on this Apex teaching, and I pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Okay, so if you guys don't know, I'm Maya. I'm one of the leaders here. So you guys are probably wondering why we have all of these weird containers up here and why there's a kid pool up here. Um, and you're going to find out. So before we start off, I just want to tell you guys a story. Um, so you guys just get to know me a little better and get to know how I grew up. So growing up, we lived in this massive neighborhood. And my mom used to give my older brother a dollar for us to go down to this weird shopping center that was, like, outside of our neighborhood. And there was, like, a wig store, which, like, if you, like, you had to, like, run past the wig store because, like, you didn't know who was going to jump out. Um, and then there was, like, an Italian food place, but nobody ever went there. Like, I'm pretty sure they had, like, the place sure got shut down. But then at the end of the shopping center was a Wawa. Do you guys know what Wawa is? Anyone? Yes. Oh, yeah. So while it's like sheets, it's pretty much just like sheets, um, a little smaller, but there's a huge debate that I hear from a lot of people about like Wawa sheets and like, I've seen so many memes about it, but I don't know. I'm just a Wawa person because like, that's just how I grew up. So my mom would give my older brother a dollar. We go down to Wawa and we got to split the dollar. Now, 25 cents sounds like nothing. Sounds like you can get nothing with it. But in reality, when I was like eight or nine, so like 12 years ago, you could get, like, I could get two pieces of gum with that. And, like, to me, as a nine-year-old, that was, like, prime. That was, like, the greatest thing I could have received. So we would get gum. We would come home. And one summer day, we were outside doing, like, manual labor. Like, did your parents ever make you guys do just, like, hard work outside in the middle of summer? Yeah? I know. So my mom made us to do, like, mulching and planting. She was like, I'm not paying you guys, but here's $5 to go spend at Wawa. I was like, five. so, okay, so imagine all you have is 25 cents to spend, but now you have $1.25 to spend. Like, what? yeah, like, what do you even get? I didn't know that there were things above 25 cents at Wawa. Like, that's all I knew was walking in and getting little, like, penny candies, like, dime candies. But then we got to go down and get slushies. And, oh, yeah, slushies. So we didn't really know what slushies were because my mom kept us away from, like, sugar and, like, soda and just really anything that, like, a child should be allowed to have. So we went down there. We got slushies. We came home. And my younger sister, just, she never hid anything from my mom. So we come home, and we're, like, hiding the slushies, like, behind, like, our faces. And my mom goes, what did you guys get? My sister's like, slushies, we got Coke slushies. And my mom is like, so all three of us are like, we're going to get grounded. Like, we can't have sugar, and we can't have soda. And here we are getting, like, sugar, soda, like, just everything, right? So my mom is like, slushies, you're getting shut down. No more going to Wawa. And it was, it was traumatizing because that was like my childhood right there. It was like going to Wawa. So then we moved up here a few years ago and one of my friends from home was posting on Facebook and she was like, who's going to bring your own cup day at 7-Eleven? And for those of you guys who don't know, 7-Eleven is like three steps below a Wawa and like three steps above like a gas station mart. It's, I don't recommend going to 7-Eleven. 
Um, and I was like, oh, like, what is this? And she was like, one day a year, you get to bring a cup with you to 7-Eleven. Like, you get to bring one from home, and you get to fill it up. I was like, that's a great deal. She's like, it's like two bucks. And I was like, oh, well, I wish I was, you know, there, like, have fun. She's like, okay. So I was on the internet the next day, and I was, like, just scrolling the internet, and I saw on, like, Google or something, it was, like, articles about bring your own cup day. And I was like, okay, why are we posting articles about this? Like, is it really that, like, big of a deal? What I came to realize was on Bring Your Own Cup Day, um, people brought, Derek, can you pull that, those pictures up for me real quick? Brought um, some of these things. That's what people brought um, on Bring Your Own Cup Day. Um, just let me know. Does, do any of these look like a cup to you? Just to me, this is a cup, right? Like this water bottle that I have right here, like this is a cup. This is what you call Bring Your Own Cup. These people brought um swimming pools they brought just giant like pots that you use for like cooking um just like giant like drink dispensers and um swimming pools right these people just didn't think inside the box like i would they didn't think oh let me just bring a cup like a normal human being they were like let's bring pools to 7-eleven and just fill them up with slushy just every kind like this guy just every kind you can think of so i was thinking about this in terms of our walk with god and i came across this verse in romans 15 13 and it says i pray that god the source of all hope will infuse your lives with an abundance of joy and peace in the midst of your faith so that your hope will overflow through the power of the holy spirit and when i came across this verse i loved how it said that we'll have an abundance of joy We'll have an abundance of peace in the midst. But what this verse doesn't say is that you have to bring a container. You have to pick which of these containers you're going to bring to God. How much of your life do you really want filled with God? How much of your life do you really want filled with that peace? So I want to title this tonight, what kind of container are you bringing? Now, if you guys remember one thing from tonight... It's that you can have as much of God as you want, but you just need to pick which container you're going to bring. You need to pick, am I going to walk up to God with this cup and say, God, fill me? Or am I going to walk up to God with this pool and say, God, fill me so that I can overflow, right? So the another thing I want to mention is that your container has to be empty. So imagine if I walked into 7-Eleven on that bring your own cup day with this container, but half of it had water in it. Wouldn't you dump out the water before you walked in so you could get more of the slushy? Wouldn't you want as much as you could get? You wouldn't want only half of it. You would empty your container so that you could be filled with an abundance. So I want to look at a story tonight in 2 Kings 4, verses 8 to 17. And this talks about Elijah as he's walking through this town, and he comes across a woman who invites him into her home. And you see later in the story that she makes a, a spot up in her house for him to rest every time she walks by, every time he walks by. So let's start in verse 8. It says, One day Elijah traveled to Shunem. There was a well-known woman who lived there, and she convinced him to eat something. So whenever he walked by her house, he went in and ate. This man who comes by here frequently to eat is a holy man of God. Can we please make a little room for him? Just a simple setting. A bed, a lamp, a table, and a chair. 
That way, whenever he comes, he, whenever he comes by here, he can rest in his own room and have his privacy. Elijah went by their house to eat one day, and he went and lay in the upper room. He spoke to his servant Gehazi, "Tell the Shunammite woman to come here." So Gehazi called out her name, and she came to him. Tell her, "You have been fearfully attentive to us. We thank you for all of your care." Now, what can I do to repay you? Would you like for me to speak to the king or the military commander on your behalf? No, that's okay. I dwell with my own people. Is there anything at all we can do for her? Actually, her husband is an old man, and she doesn't have a son. So you guys have to remember, in this time, like having a son was everything. Having someone to pass off your inheritance, having someone to pass off that legacy to was so, so crucial. So her not having a son was a big, big deal. So he says, tell her to come here. Gehazi calls out her name, and she came and stood at the entrance to the room. This time next year, when spring is full of new life, you will hold a son of your own in your arms. That's impossible, my lord. You are a man of great integrity, a man of God, so please do not deceive me, your servant. But that time next year, the Shunite woman did conceive and deliver a son, just as Elijah said she would. So as I was looking through this, I was reading verses 1 to 7, which we didn't cover. I was like, God, this, these few verses talk about a woman being, bringing containers to Elijah and Elijah fills them with actual oil. So if you read verses one to seven, that's what you'll see. And I was like, this would make more sense, right? We're talking about containers being filled with oil, containers being filled with slushies, like the same thing. And what I realized when I read this was that this woman here had an encounter with him multiple times. It was a frequent time that he came over for lunch. It was just a one-time encounter. And what I realized is that God isn't looking to just fill you and to give you peace and to give you joy in the midst of things and then leave you. He's not saying, here's what you need, and then I'm leaving. He's saying, here's what you need, and I'm staying to be your constant source. There's a verse that I hear near Christmas a lot, and it's in John 1.14, and it says, the word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. Now, we don't use the word dwelling in like our times, but when you Google it, it literally means permanent resident. See, Jesus is looking to be a permanent resident in our lives. He's not looking to just come and fill us and walk away, to give us what we need and leave. He's looking to stay in our lives, to make a permanent residency in our hearts. So remember, you can have as much of God as you want, but you just need to pick which container you're going to bring. So I want to look at three areas tonight, three vessels or containers that we can offer up to God, knowing that he is going to fill them. So the first one is your heart. So Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So as I was writing this, I was talking to God and I was like, God, what prevents people from opening up their hearts to you? What prevents people from getting the joy they need, getting the peace that they need? And what God spoke to me about was you've opened it to the wrong people. See, in this story, the woman says, that's a man of God. So she allows him into her home. She doesn't just say, oh, that's just someone who has great hair. Oh, that's someone who just wears nice clothes. She says, that's a holy man of God, which is why I'm building him a spot. See, we don't just open our hearts to random people. We don't just allow random people into the most precious spot in our lives. We don't allow random people just to come and place residency in our lives. And that's where we face rejection. That's where we face hurt and pain because we've allowed the wrong people to set up shop in our lives. 
the woman recognizes that he's a man of God. And what you guys need to realize is that, and me too, is that when you, when God speaks to you and God tugs on your heart, he can soften your heart, but you need to be the one who takes the step out, who says, God, I want my heart filled. I want this. I want to receive this. There's so many times that when I grew up in church that the pastor would say, okay, if God's tugging on your heart, come up to the altar. And there was countless times that I would sit in my chair and my heart would be racing. God's like, you need to be up there. And I was like, I'm not going up because God can tug on your heart, but he's not going to push you up to an altar. He's not going to push you to receive him. He's not going to force you to receive his peace and his love. He can work on our hearts, but we ultimately are the ones who need to take that step of faith. And another thing is before you can be a source to people, you need to have a source before you can have your pool filled and pour out to other people. You need to find the slushy because this pool serves no use for slushy. If I don't go find where the slushy is, right? You can't be a source to other people in your lives and you can't go showing the love of God if you haven't experienced the love of God. You can't give something to someone that you haven't received yourself. And Jesus talks all the time in the Bible about if you lack something, he'll provide it. James 1.5 references wisdom. If you lack wisdom, he'll give it abundantly. Because God is not a God of lack. He's not a God that's saying, oh, well, today we're just going to really try to fill this blender up. God is saying, I have enough to fill countless swimming pools. I have enough to fill everything that you need. He's not a God of lack. So the second area I want to talk about tonight is your space. Now, for some of you guys, your space might be school. For most of you, it's probably school. For me, it would be like my job. It's the spot that you spend the most time, the spot where you know that you need a move of God in, right? So for me at work, I know that Every single day, I need to be praying over the people I work with, praying over my boss, praying over every single aspect of that. And the thing is, I went to public school, and I knew so many classmates who would fill their lives with drugs and alcohol and relationships. And in school, I didn't get it. People were like, why is this girl just always out partying? And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. And what I came to realize after I left high school was that they're trying to fill a container that has a hole in it because God gave us a spot in our hearts for Jesus that only Jesus can fill. So when you try putting things of this world into that container, it's going to leak out. It's not meant to sustain it. This container, if there was a hole in it, is not meant to hold water in it. You need to plug that hole before you can pour something into it. Drugs and alcohol relationships, when you see your friends doing that, when you see classmates doing that, realize that they're just trying to fill something in their lives. So we need to be praying over our school, praying over the kids in our classes, praying over the kids on our athletic teams, on our bus, whatever it is. We need to know that the space that God has given us, he's given us for us to steward. He's given for us to get a swimming pool full of his love and pour it out into schools. So there's a couple verses I want to read in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27 and 29. It talks about Solomon dedicating a temple to God. 
And this might be a prayer for the dedication of a temple, but it's the kind of prayer that we can pray over our schools as well and over our spaces as well. And it says, can it be that God will actually move into our neighborhood? While the cosmos itself isn't large enough to give you breathing room, yet alone this temple I've built. Even so, I'm bold to ask, pay attention to these prayers, both intercessory and personal, oh God, my God. Listen to my prayers, energetic and devout, that I'm setting before you right now. Keep your eyes open to this temple night and day. This place of which you said, my name will be honored there. And listen to the prayers I pray at this place. What I love about these verses is it says, listen to these prayers night and day. Whenever you pray these prayers over your schools, whether it be during the day when you see something physically happening, or just at night when you're awake and you're like, God, I really need you to move into this school. I really need you to just move in power. I need you to pour out your love because there's so many broken people who are just looking for an answer. And what I love is that in your space, you don't have to just take this water bottle and say, God, this one classroom, this one teacher, this one spot that I'm really struggling, can you just fill this up so I can go pour it into math class? See, what God is looking for is he's looking for people who are going to take this giant container, this giant swimming pool, and say, fill me with everything that you have because I don't want just a move of God on my, in my classroom or on my athletic team. I want it on my bus and I I want it in my lunchroom. I want every single area filled with God's love, with God's power, and with God's peace. So the last area I want to talk about tonight is your mouth. Now, Psalm 81.10 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And this verse is something that I honestly would say set me free when I was in high school. Because what I love about this verse is it doesn't say open your mouth and you will fill it. Open your mouth and your own wisdom will fill it. It's open your mouth and I will fill it. So when you open your mouth and you go to God, you're like, God, what am I going to say? How could I ever have the answer for this person? What's so amazing is that you don't have to have the answer. In your own strength and in your own power, you don't have to have the answer to everyone to everyone's questions. Because when you open your mouth and you trust God to fill it, he will. When you know that God is the source, when God is the one who is speaking through you, that is so, so freeing. Because... In my own strength, tonight, I would have nothing to say to you. If Chris was to say, Maya, I, re- I need you to speak. I'm not going to be here. I would say, okay. And I was to never seek God on what to say. I would have nothing to say to you guys tonight. I would just stand up here and just stare at you. Honestly, I would literally just like stare at you. Like, anyone have anything to say? I would probably pass the mic around and see if anyone wanted to offer up something. But what I had to do is I had to go to God and say, God, what is the thing that you want me to say? How can I open my mouth and speak what you want me to say? How can I take the assignment that you've given me and carry it through? Because God has given each one of you guys an assignment. Whatever area it is, he's given you an assignment. It might be on a sports team. It might be in your classroom. It might be at work. It might be in your own home. Whatever it is, God has given you an assignment for you to carry out. So when you speak When you open up your mouth to people, that can be intimidating. It's intimidating for me still. Not speaking in this capacity, but speaking to people, witnessing to people is scary. 
because you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know what they're going to say. But when you give that vessel to God of your mouth and you say, God, I don't know what to say to these people. I don't know how to help these people. I don't know what to say. What's so amazing is that God says he will fill your mouth. He's just looking for someone to bring that container to him. Someone who's saying, God, I yield my mouth to you. I yield the things that I say to you. Now, this is, to me, this is so amazing, is that when Chris prays here, Chris does the exact thing I'm talking about. When he, this is Chris's face. So when Chris comes into here, he's not saying, okay, God, I've brought you this bottle, this water bottle. Can you just fill it so that I can pour it out onto my preaching? See, what Chris does every single week is that he takes this swimming pool and he goes to God. And he says, God, I need you to fill up this swimming pool. I need you to fill me up so that I can overflow. So that the overflowing power of God will move in this place. So that when we're worshiping, kids feel the power of God. When I'm speaking, kids hear you speaking through me to them. When we're doing small groups, those questions are piercing their heart. And they're digging up things that need to be dug up. And what I love is that when Chris prays over his message, he always, always says, may not a single word be mine, but may you have your hand all over it. And that's not a prayer that we that is just limited to this place and just limited to someone who's preaching. See, that's a prayer that we can pray every single day as just normal people. It's something that we can say to God, God, when I open my mouth, I need you to fill it. I don't want my words to be what comes out. Because when I'm at work, if you guys don't know, I work at a bagel shop and we get a lot of rude customers. So when rude customers come in, if I open my mouth and I fill it, I wouldn't have a job. But when I open my mouth, I know that I am a, I, I'm a witness for Christ, that I'm a vessel of God. People who I work with know that I go to church, know that I serve Jesus. The customers who come in, most of them know that I serve Jesus. So if my reaction to them is just of the flesh, then that's contradicting contradicting to what God says. See, our mouths can get us in some serious trouble, right? We heard in the beginning when I told you my sister, how she came home, she's like, we got Coke slushies. And my mom was like, you guys are in trouble. See, the three of us knew that if we opened our mouths and told her what we got, we would be in trouble. We would be in serious trouble. So at the end of this chapter, we see the woman has a son, like Elijah says, but the boy gets so sick. He's like dying. He's, there's no hope. And in the parts that we didn't read, we see that the woman, the mother, brings the son to Elisha. And she says, he's dying. I need you to pray over him. And Elijah opens his mouth in prayer, and the boy is healed. And see, when we open our mouths, we can expect God to fill the gap between where we are, the situation we're facing, and where we need to be. The gap of, God, I don't know how we're going to cross this bridge, but right now, this person has cancer, but I need them to be healed. See, God fills that gap. God takes the gaps in our lives and closes them. Every single thing that you're facing, you you realize that when you open your mouth to God in prayer or you pray over someone, that you can expect God to fill that gap. You can expect God to move in a situation. So I was thinking about this message 
and how Easter is in a few days. And I was like, God, how should I connect this to Easter? Because I'm not just going to go up and give them just a message, just just give a message. And what, this was something that I was, I'm not joking, guys. I was literally at work taking care of a customer. And I had the phone. I was answering the phone. And God just dropped in my spirit, literally, the ending to this. And I literally put the phone down and on hold. I'm not joking, I'm being serious. Put the phone on hold and wrote down this in the middle of work. Someone's like, are you taking a phone order? I was like, sure. And just started like writing out something. It wasn't a phone order. It was this. So on Easter, we, we know, most of us know, we celebrate Easter because Jesus rose from the dead, right? So the day that Jesus was crucified, just follow the story. Jesus walked in to 7-Eleven, right? Just normal day. It was bring your own cup day that day. And Jesus brought, took the swimming pool and he walked on into 7-Eleven. And Jesus was like, I'm here. And they were like, Jesus, are you here to be filled with power and dominion and love? And Jesus was like, mm, not today. Today I've brought this swimming pool. I'm laying it down in front of the vat of shame, of sin, of fear, and I need you to drain them into the swimming pool so that I can pick up this pool and take it to the cross with me. Because on that day, Jesus drained the vats. He didn't just take some of your sin. He didn't just take the easy sin, the ones that were, you know, light to carry. He took every single sin. Every single bit of fear that you have has been nailed to that cross. And it didn't come down with him. So what I was thinking about was on Bring Your Own Cup Day, there was this disclaimer that was put out. And it said, if we run out of a flavor... Tough nubs. That's like I'm sorry, but that's that's it. So if you walked into Seven Eleven, someone name like a, a good slushy kind. Anyone? Cherry. I heard cherry. So if you walked into Seven Eleven, you were like, I want some cherry slushy, right? Like okay, you walk up, and there's none of that left. Guess what? You got to pick a new flavor. So. What I think is so amazing is that Jesus drained the vat of shame. He drained the vat of fear. He drained the vat of sickness. So that in Jesus, there's none of that left. When you go to Jesus, when you walk up to Jesus, the only things that are left, the only options that are left are joy, are peace, are love, are faith. There's none of that sin, shame, anything left in Jesus. So anything that comes against you I heard this once from a pastor it's someone said you know that it's of Jesus because it's how do I put this you know that Jesus gave it to you because it agrees with the word so nowhere in the Bible does it say and you will receive shame when Jesus when Jesus comes into your life. Nowhere does it say you will receive illness when it comes when Jesus comes into your life, right? It says you'll receive joy, an abundance of joy, fullness of joy. See, we're not intended to carry those things. Jesus was the container for your sin. See, because you couldn't bring your sin. You couldn't put your sin into a container and empty it yourself. You needed Jesus to do that. You needed Jesus to be the container for you. And I was thinking about this. I hear this all the time. When I'm in church on Sunday and 
I'm just, you know, worship is going, you know the people that are new believers. You can spot them out. You can see the people who are weeping or raising their hands or just in full abandon to God because they're so in love with him. So this is something that I would say I faced so hard in high school was falling in and out of love with God. Just being like, when it's a good day, God, I love you. When it's a bad day, let's just be just, you know, like just I'll say my prayer in the morning and at night and that's good enough for me. But Jesus isn't intended to be your Sunday friend. I had so many Sunday friends as kids. There was, my dad was a pastor and there was other pastors, kids. We would see each other literally every single Sunday. And at the end of the Sunday, we were all leaving. We'd say, okay, see you next Sunday. And that's not how a relationship with Jesus is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, okay, Jesus, hey, how's it going on Sunday? I just love you so much. Okay, I'll see you next Sunday. It's supposed to be every single day. You can walk up to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm broken. Can you fill me with your joy? Can you fill me with your peace? Can you fill me with your love? As we walk into convention tomorrow, how many of you guys are going to convention? Raise your hand. Raise your hands. Okay. Okay. That's going to be so amazing. So as we walk into convention tomorrow, I want you guys to not just bring a little water bottle or just a little, you know, nice little, nice little cup right here. I don't want you guys just walking in and being like, okay, God, this is going to sustain me for like, you know, two weeks. If I was to fill this with some slushy, a gallon of slushy, that probably lasts me like, you know, a few days. It'd be cool. But what Jesus is saying is that he wants us to fill this swimming pool at convention. He wants us to walk into youth group every single week with a swimming pool that says, I'm not coming for just myself. I'm coming for the people at my school, the people at my job, my own family. I'm coming so that I can be filled, but so they can be filled too. See, that's what Jesus said on the cross. Jesus came to be filled so that we could be filled. So when we become filled, when we get that love and that joy, it's not meant to stay with us. It's not meant to just, we're not meant to just drink it up and be like, oh, Jesus, that was, thank you so much for that peace. We're meant to be filled with an abundance so that we can overflow into other people's lives. So when you go to convention, even if you're not going to convention, when you come to youth group every single day, when you go into church, whatever it is, I heard someone say that pastors eat for thousands, which basically means when a pastor is seeking God, when someone is going to God for something, they get enough to pour into their congregation. Imagine if Chris just you know, went to God and was like, God, like, thank you so much for the joy that I have, for the peace that I have, for the love that I have. And he just drank it away. But what Chris is doing is Chris is taking and he's giving us opportunities like convention to get a swimming pool and to fill it up so much that we overflow when we go back home. So I want to have altar time tonight. And altar time is without a doubt, to me, my favorite thing to do. Because I love leaving things at the altar. Because we're not physically leaving something. But what I heard someone say once is, it's an outward sign of an inward feeling. It's an outward sign to God and to yourself that you want change. That you're seeking change. So tonight, we're going to take this bucket that I slowly brought. What we're going to do is we're going to take a water bottle from out in here. Put this over here. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a water bottle 
And what this, what this is signifying is that you're emptying yourself. We talked in the beginning about emptying yourself so you could be filled, right? So what we're doing tonight is we're taking this water bottle and we're emptying to the bucket. And it could be anything. You could be saying, God, I'm emptying my fear. God, I'm emptying my heart, my pain. I'm emptying whatever it is that's inside of you that you're saying is stopping you from receiving more of Jesus's love. That is stopping you from receiving everything that God has for you. The abundance, the overflow of love. So I'm going to put this mic down because then you guys can hear me. I'm putting the mic down, Derek, so if it just makes a noise. I'm very sorry. Actually, we're going to have to just hold it. So... I'll be the first person up here tonight that says, God, every bit of fear that I have in my life, every bit of condemnation that I have in my life, everything that I feel like you haven't forgiven me for, I know you have. Because I'm ready to be filled with joy. I'm ready to have an abundance of peace in my life. I'm ready to be empty so that I can be filled. Because empty vessels are the greatest things to be filled, right? There's no water in here. Nothing is stopping me from receiving the maximum, right? So if you guys just bow your heads real quick. Hey, Derek, can you play um, that song for me real quick? Fresh Out Pouring. Um, so I want you guys to just, just seek God for like literally 60 seconds. Just think of that one thing in your life, or maybe the few things in your life that you you know are holding you back and you know that Jesus is saying empty it, empty it into this container tonight so that you can walk through life ready to be filled. You can walk through life ready to have peace poured in, ready to have joy poured into your situation. We're going to play this song that I've heard um, at this concert last year and it was honestly one of the most amazing songs I've ever heard and I probably listened to it multiple times a week. So as you guys um, start, you know, thinking those things and hearing God speak to you, those things that you know need to be poured out, you guys can just come up to come up to the altar. Just take a water bottle and just empty it. You can stay at the altar if you want to pray. You can sit back down and we'll wrap it up. Whatever you guys want to do, just seek God for a minute. And just really listen for his voice. Listen for the thing that God wants you to dump out. Listen for the thing that God's hand that doesn't belong in your heart. That was not something that I gave you. That was something that was a lie the enemy poured into your heart. So, someone come, someone be, my, be my, um, my helper and hold this microphone for me so I can damage or something. You, I heard, I saw you first class to come up here. Okay, let's just hold this for me. Okay, so there's something that God spoke to me so so clearly on just a few days ago. And it was, when you go to events, when you go to events and you get filled up and you get poured in with joy, you get poured in with peace, you get love, you get everything that you were seeking, and you're like, wow, well, it's almost full. You're like, I'm full. I've received everything that I need, right? You get that thing that we were just talking about. You get that joy. You get that peace. But what the enemy loves to do is the enemy loves to come and poke holes. I'm going to cut this open. Let's hope this is not The enemy loves to come poke holes in our hearts and in our lives. And he loves to come poke lies into our lives and basically say, oh, what you just received isn't going to last. 
it's just going to pour out. You have to say, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't real. That was just an emotional response. That wasn't, that wasn't me. That wasn't anything that's going to last. And to me, the lie that the enemy says the most is, that's not going to last. He says, guys, this is literally going on. We've got Chris in here watching me make a mess this place. He loves to say that it's not going to last, that what you've received isn't going to last. What you just got, it's getting cut open. Oh, everything that you just received, I'm sorry, but it's getting dumped out. You can't, it's, it's gone. Thank you, Calista. Thank you for being here. He loves to say that everything you just got, it's only going to, it's only temporary. It's not going to last. Everything you just got at convention, that altar call that you just ran up to, that salvation, that healing you just received, it's not going to last. There are so many people who I've heard, like especially my grandparents who don't follow Jesus, and they've said, oh, like it's not going to last. One day you'll realize, one day it's all just going to fade away, and you're going to realize you fall in empty religion. And guess what? That lie of it's not going to of it's not going to last is ending tonight see because this woman got the son like elijah said she would this woman got the son that she wanted and guess what the enemy tried to take him away from her the enemy always tries to steal kill and destroy there's that verse in the bible right he tries to steal kill and destroy because he doesn't want you having that peace he doesn't want you having that joy because he knows that the second you get this thing filled and the second you go filling it and pouring it out into your schools that revival is going to break out he doesn't want that that's the last thing the enemy wants is for you to be filled because once you are filled, once you start overflowing into other places, then you are unstoppable. Then every single thing that God has put inside of you, the love that God has put inside of you can pour out into other people. The enemy is going to do everything that he can to tell you that it's not going to last, that the promises of God are temporary or just for a little bit. You can have that joy at convention, but the second you leave, be prepared. This is not to like scare you in any way, but be prepared for the enemy to say, it's not going to last. Those people aren't going to receive the love. Those people that you're ready to go witness to, they're going to reject you. Because the enemy loves to tell you those little tiny lies. And that's when you shut him down and you say, my container is protected. I'm not allowing holes to come into this container. And see, if I pop a little hole in it, I can, you know, cover that up real easily. If I split this water bottle open, then that's, that's pretty much the end, right? Do not allow the enemy to come and steal, kill, and destroy those things that God has planted in your life. Those seeds that he has put in the soil, protect them. Like that verse says in Proverbs, protect your heart, guard your heart, because everything you do is going to flow from it. So remember that you can have as much of God as you want, but you just need to pick which container you're going to bring. You need to pick, am I coming to convention? Am I coming to youth group for everyone? Or am I just coming to sustain myself? Am I just coming to get what I need and to leave? Or am I saying, God, I need, like this song says, a fresh outpouring. I need you to pour out something so mighty into my life, so overflowing into my life that I, I have no choice but to give it to people. I can't, if I was to fill this with slushy, I would be able to drink it all. If I was able to get this, I, I could drink that just right now. See, when we get this, when we fill our lives to abundance, the people around us are affected. 
Do not go into conventions. Do not come into youth group. Just looking to sustain yourself in your own walk with Jesus. Because in order to be a source, you have to have a source, right? If you just bow our heads, just to close in prayer tonight. God, I thank you so much for these amazing kids. God, I thank you for the kids that are at Fine Arts. God, I thank you that we get to walk into convention tomorrow. We get to walk into this space every single week with a swimming pool because you are not a God of lack. You are a God of abundance. You are a God who is looking for willing vessels to submit themselves to you so that you can pour into them. God, I pray protection over every single student, over every single heart, over every single mind. God, that the lies of the enemy that the lie of it's not going to last is broken off tonight. God, that every single thing that they receive has been protected. Jesus, that you went to that cross. You took every bit of sin to that cross. You filled up your life with sin. You filled up your body with sin on that day. And you crucified it on the cross with your body. God, I thank you that I get to serve these kids, that I get to be a part of something so amazing. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to them and to pour into them. I pray that every single thing that they poured out tonight would stay in this bucket. God, as we dump it outside, it cannot re-enter their lives. God, these kids are ready to be filled. I pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit, of your love, of your peace, of your joy, and I thank you for them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, Okay, so we have little... I was contemplating letting you guys keep the water bottles because I love, and Chris works with this too, I love giving you guys like something to hold on to to remember the message because you can hear it, but there's, it's so, to me, I always remember messages by things that I get to keep. So to me, I was like, I was talking to Chris with this. I was like, should I give him the water bottle? But then I was like, I talk in my message about not just bringing a water bottle to Jesus, but to bring a swimming pool. And unfortunately, I did not purchase 20 swimming pools for you guys. Um, someone's more than willing to take that thing home, though, because honestly, you guys want to hear the story about how I got this thing? We have we have a few more minutes, so I'll tell you this real quick. I was like, I was telling one of my friends, I was like, I need a swimming pool for a sermon illustration. And they were like, oh, we ha- I have one. I was like, oh, that's cool. So she's like, it's in my backyard. And I was like, okay, I'll grab it. And she's like, I'll help you find it. And it's like 11 o'clock at night. So we're going backyard. We find this thing under like a chicken coop, under like two feet of snow with like leaves and dirt. And I throw this thing in the back of my truck, in the back of my car. And I was like, okay. I brought this thing to a car wash and it was like $2 for three minutes. And I was like, perfect. Guys, I spent $12 at the car wash hosing this thing off. So it's nice and clean, but someone can definitely take this thing home. Um, you can take it home. You actually can take it home. So there's pictures that I printed out and laminated of kiddie pools, and it has the verse that we referenced tonight about an abundance of joy. So, oh, it won't be <laughs> guys, these things are these things are so slippery. So I just picture a swimming pool of a kiddie pool with the verse in the back. So if you guys want to grab one tonight, feel free. So I'll be up here. Grab one as a nice reminder to just seek God. And just know that he's not a God of lack, ever. We don't serve a God of lack. We serve a God of abundance. Okay? Thank you guys for coming to Apex tonight. I'm glad you guys made it out here. You guys are all amazing. 
this is Pastor Chris, and I want to thank you for listening into this Apex teaching. You can find more messages from all of our BMHA pastors at bmha.org. I pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.